Linda McHenry, host of The Writer's Voice, and today's guest is Bonner Spring. How are you, Bonner? Great. Thanks, Linda. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. We are going to talk about a bunch of things today, mostly about how it is you go about getting an agent. We're going to talk about the differences in publishing different types of works. So, for example, short stories and novels. But first, why don't you hold up the cover of your debut novel? Well, thank you for inviting me to do so. My debut novel is Toward the Light. Can everybody see? Yeah. It came out in January of, of this year, um, so I'm really excited about that. It's been a long process, but it's finally here. When I talk to people about Toward the Light, you know, it's a thriller. You don't want to give too much information away. Right. I like to tease people just a little bit, and how I do that is I read the first sentence. That's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to talk about where it goes from there. On a breezy autumn afternoon, Maria Luz Concepcion returned to Guatemala to kill a man. There you go. You want that hook. <laughs> there you go. So the story of Toward the Light is basically the story of who she wants to kill and why she wants to kill him and how she plans to do that and what happens as she gets close to her target along the way. Of course, since this is a novel-length work of fiction, there are the complications that come in. Like the contact in Guatemala for her mission is a painter, an expat American painter, who decides that she's a perfect model for a project he's doing. Mm, okay. But probably more important than that, Luz, who's the main character, is concealing from everyone, not from the reader, but from everyone else, Something else that's even more important than this murder is that she desperately needs to come to Guatemala to do. And that's the story of Toward the Light. Well, that sounds very interesting. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you get your agent? You said that you have an interesting story about that. And I know this is something that writers, whether you have an agent or not, are very interested in. Um, I got my agent about four years ago, just a little over four years ago in 2016. And I met her, actually never met in person, at an online pitch party. Back before they basically migrated over to Twitter when they were still on blogs. Do you guys remember that? I don't even think the blog is there anymore. But, you know, you posted, you know, title. I think there was a log line, maybe five pages. And three different agents got back to me. I think I had been sending out queries for perhaps six months at that point. I don't quite remember. But anyhow, three of them um, got back to me. And um, my agent, who's Lisa Abalera um, at a West Coast agency, signed me. So it was, it was great. I think I was the third person she signed. So she's a really new agent. And she was really taking this, um, I think, the modern way. We've talked about it a lot. She told me once that agents in her agency get upwards of 20 queries every day. Wow. Yeah. And these are unsolicited queries. These are people you say you're open to historicals. You know, think about that. You Maybe you're signing two or three clients a year and you're getting 20 a day. You know, that's- And that doesn't count the referrals from the people that you know. <laughs> that's exactly right. And this is cold stuff. I mean, this is yep. cold stuff. So she and a lot of the younger agents, what they decided to do was not be open to queries. They're not. And she loose opens up maybe two or three months a year. But the rest of the time, she's attending conferences and going to pitch parties. And if you think about it, it's brilliant. I mean, you as the writer, you do it one time. You don't send out a million different queries personalized for somebody who's going to send you out a form rejection you know, six months later. 
you know, you put it out there on whoever's having the pitch party and agents can scroll through and look at it. They get to pick. It's sort of like a live cast call or like, you know, when you're auditioning, that's what I'm looking for. Exactly. It's an audition. Right. And so, so you're looking for, you've got an agent who's looking for historical. Like I said, a few minutes ago, it's like, okay, well, you've got this great thing set in Napoleonic France. Well, that may be cool, but she's really looking for World War One, which is hot right now. You know, you don't know that, mm-hmm. but it's going to take you yeah. probably more time than I want to say. Then you do it one time and the agent doesn't have to say no, 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 no. They like you you know, and send, you send pages if they say yes. I, I really think it's like, it's incredibly, incredibly um, better. And so that's something that's happening a lot these days. Right. I mean, it's a lot to wade through all of that. And a lot of the younger agents, if you go through and look at some of the, the Aquarian websites, a lot of the agents um, are doing that. Things like, um, what's the hashtag? Manuscript wish list is coming out there too. I probably oh, see. really? I'm not really up on, you know, what people are doing right now because I haven't you have your agent yeah I have an agent right I'd have to keep track of that a lot but no I think it takes a lot of pressure off everyone as an aspiring writer you know five and six years ago the whole thing was well I sent out the query nobody got back oh six months do I nudge them do I not nudge them there was that whole thing about you're only supposed to query one agent and agency at a time, and then somebody doesn't get back to you. This is just so streamlined, I think, really, really, eventually. I think it's one of the things that we need to keep our minds open to new things. I know I was uh, at a writer's conference a couple of years ago in New England, and I wanted to pitch an agent. And, you know, there's a list of agents I chose. You know, they tell you to list your two or three agents, and everybody gets one shot. Well, for some reason I got two because there weren't enough people to request. So I sat down and I was fortunate enough that they both asked for the book. They didn't buy it for various reasons, but they both encouraged me to reach out to them again. So again, it's one of those things where I now have two agents who like me, they liked my writing and they didn't buy that particular book, but now you can go back. So it's one of those things where even if you don't get an agent, don't be so bummed out because there's all these people you can reach out to. Right. I mentioned that there were three agents who reached out to me at that particular pitch thing. Mm-hmm. One of them, I think, was a long shot. She wanted something that had a lot more heat in it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which my novel doesn't, you know, wasn't right. It wasn't the right match for her. But, you know, she was interested enough. The agent who eventually declined did say, you know, if I'm still looking or send me something else. It was really nice. It was a great way to get out there. And like you said, it's not cold now. Now, if you write, you say, gee, I met you at this event, you know, whether it's virtual or in person. And, you know, you didn't, weren't interested in this, but you said that, you know, to send you. So now that's not cold anymore. It's not cold anymore. And in fact, I did actually write that woman asking her about something writing related. And she got right back to me. It was very nice. I wouldn't say we're friends or anything, but I know she knows my name. Now, the other thing that you want to share with us is you had written some short stories before your debut novel got published, and you want to share how (laughs) you believe there's a huge difference in publishing short stories and and novels. Totally not prepared for this. It was just, it was amazing. So, by the way, let me just start by saying short stories, if you're a writer trying to hone your craft, are like an amazing thing to do. You've got seven to ten pages to create someone who's interesting and a compelling plot 
beginning, middle, end, and tie it up together. It's a great training ground. And when I didn't have enough time, or I felt like I didn't have enough time, really was enough confidence. But when I felt like I didn't have enough time to write a novel, I wrote, I wrote a bunch of short stories. So you write, you publish it, you send it off to a magazine. You know, you don't hear anything. Sometimes you hear something, they say yes. And then you get a copy of the magazine or a copy of the anthology and 25 bucks. And thank you very much. And that's the end of it. The week after I signed my publishing contract, I got... For the book, you mean, right? For, excuse me. Yes, yes. For When Toy the Light was accepted by the publisher, the next week I got, in, via email, a 10-page questionnaire. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the marketing thing was just, it was worse than a college application, I swear. You know, it was like, they wanted three different synopses, not one, but they wanted three. Oh, wow. They wanted 175 words, if I'm remembering right, 150 words, something like that, and 50 words. Well, you know what? It was actually pretty good training for me, but, you know, they wanted taglines, comparable titles. They wanted to know all about my website, which didn't actually exist at the time. <laughs> Media stuff. And, oh, it was, it just went on and on. Oh, yeah. So I did that. And then they sent me a publicity packet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the marketing stuff's done. Then I get, I was like, who can we get for blurbs? I have, mm -hmm. but they wanted to know. They told me what organizations I should join and what conferences I was supposed to go to and what award, the things I was supposed to enter and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to know what I was going to do for the launch of the book. Mm -hmm. All that fun marketing stuff that nobody's, nobody wants to all do. All the fun marketing stuff. But, and here it is. I mean, truth I was accepted for publication a year before it came out. So mm -hmm. It was accepted in January, would have been in 2019. Mm -hmm. It's all happening in February and March. The book didn't come out until yeah. January of this year. So it gave me a lot of time to do it. And then once we talked about the launch, then it was the, the book tour. And they were very clear that they wanted me to, you know, to publish, you know, to publicize um, to the best of my ability. I'm contractually obligated to be on social media and, you know, and all mm -hmm. stuff. So I think it worked really well. Um, the launch was fun. I mean, I think I want to say, I wish for every writer, what do I want to say? I wish you the agony and the ecstasy <laughs> of a yeah. real live book tour, because there's nothing, nothing quite like it. I would compare it to a launch of your book with its friends and family, its other writers that you know, mm -hmm. it's a party or it should be sort of a supportive congratulations that you, you did it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did it and I lived through it. And I lived through it. Actually, I did something really nice at my launch that I translated to my book tour, which was, I'm just terrified of being someone who just drones on and on and on and on and on. You've been to places. Oh, yeah. And Hank Philippi Ryan was uh, someone I approached for a blurb. We'd met at a couple of writing events and she was really nice. She wrote a great one. And so in the return email that she sent, giving me the blurb that she had written for Toward the Light, she said, if there's anything else I can do for you, just ask. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was thinking about the lunch. I said, I asked her if she'd interview me and she said, yes. Yeah. It was so cool. And because instead of just me, it was like me with this other really interesting person, first of all. And so, and it worked really well. So what I did for my book tour, um, we did a, 
it didn't all work out because of course we're talking about starting in January of this year, but we, I planned a three month cross country book tour, I say, mm-hmm. and every place I went, I tried to get a local writer to come and talk with me. Mm-hmm. And I really thought, I thought that that made such a huge difference, not just from the audience point of view, you know, they would come, they would bring their friends, but you know, you get two different points of view. Now I write thrillers. And so I was generally working with people I know through your sisters in crime or mystery writers are um, international thriller writers. Mm-hmm. I think every place I went, except for one, I had a local author come talk and speak with me. I really liked the way that worked out. Well, you know, what a lot of people don't realize, the majority of my professional life has been working in sales and marketing. And what my take on it is I would much rather network than sell and market. And what people don't realize is that all three functions are actually sales and, and networking are part of marketing. And you as the writer and you as the person who's trying to promote yourself can choose how you want to do that. And like you, I've always been the kind of person who prefers to promote other people. So you need to network and you need to have a broad base of contacts. And if you promote them, you're focusing on them instead of yourselves. And then when you need to promote yourself, they're there to help you. And as you said, I can say, oh, Bonner, I'm the most wonderful person in the world. And you go, yeah, Linda, yeah. But when somebody else says, Bonner, you know, Linda's the most wonderful person in the world, you're more apt to listen and believe that. And if someone says, oh, she wrote a great book, you're more apt to go when someone else tells you I wrote a good book than I tell you. So what you're doing, I think it's a good idea to have that other writer there because Thank you. yeah. you're doing that as well. And that's going to take you moving forward as well. And you've always got to think about what's coming, even though your next book isn't written yet or it's not sold yet. You want to make sure that you're preparing for that. I am preparing for it. I knew I have other books. Um, I've got something in the pipeline right now. Mm-hmm. I knew that I'd never get a second chance to make that first impression. I didn't want to have a first book that just went out and died slowly. I mean, we sold out our first printing in three weeks. I mean, it was a, That's great. It was really great. But part of it was because, you know, I went out there and I, ta- I talked to a lot of other people. And, and they are, like you said, they're people who now are, are people that um, if they come through New England, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to go with them. They're going to come here. And one of them, I think, is, well, was planning to do it. Who knows what's going to happen? Right. So I had gotten all the way. You're, you're speaking to me in New Hampshire today. And I had gotten all the way to San Diego. Oh, good. On the 12th of March. Aha. Uh-huh. Before the world changed. <laughs> right. The day before Gavin Newsom closed California down. Wow. Actually, it left Coast Crime when that happened. They had not been able to contractually shut down the Congress. They had to wait for the governor to do it for financial reasons. Mm-hmm. There I was in California, 48 hours later, everything else on the book tour was just, just yeah. on. And everything I had planned uh, for after my return to New Hampshire this spring or summer was gone too. Yeah. So, you know, there was that awkward period in what, April-ish, where nobody really, what the heck are we going to do now? Yeah, I had a book that came out in May, so. <laughs> Did you, I didn't realize that. Oh, Fortunately, dude. it was a reissue of a book that was published okay. 10 years ago, but still, you yeah. know, there's only so much that you can do online and Zoom. You do what you can do. And you do what you, you just hope. Do. You hope that once this is over, you, you start it all over again. Your experience in podcasting predates this book coming out, right? Yes. You were doing podcasts. So you already knew something that a lot of us didn't know, Linda. 
you knew that you knew about podcasting Zoom and all those other well I've been teaching in the insurance industry I've been teaching classroom and webinars for a very long time so that's what gave me the idea to do the podcast because how else am I going to market myself if I can't do it in person? It's like, all right, I got to be able to take, if I can teach classes online, I got to be able to talk about writing. And, and in fact, I was talking to, to Lisa Lieberman at Sisters in Crime, and that was shortly after Sheila Conley had passed away and they oh, did yeah. the Zoom memorial service. And she said, we want to do it, but we don't know how. I said, well, I'm familiar with Zoom if you want. I'll do the tech stuff. Then I guess the following month they decided, well, gee, this is really good. Let's just have a social gathering of the members. And on that social gathering, I said, well, gee, if you want, I can do a podcast to help everybody promote themselves. So I think that no matter where we are, with or without coronavirus, you always have to keep your mind open and you always have to think outside the box. And I know that's a cliche, but I think it's really, really true. You can't just operate with tunnel vision no. and, oh, this is what I've always done. So this is what I have to keep doing. I'm, I'm delighted to hear that you knew all about this. And so many of us are playing catch up at this point in time, but it's like a, what do I want to say? A snowball sort of happening. You know, yes. I'm on social media now because I have to be. And, you know, so-and-so is doing a launch. You know, you're having a Facebook Live launch. Facebook Live launch. And now I get invitations to other people's Facebook. I mean, it's the networking has just been amazing. But you also find out when your favorite authors have a book that's just released. Okay. You find out when someone's going to be near you or someone's going to be online at a time that you can and, you know, different kinds of tips. So I think that all the way around, it's, it's working for everybody else. Yeah. Now, the last thing I do want to talk about is tell me about what you've got in the pipeline, because you and I were talking about this before once, how it's almost like you're a new writer and you don't have any experience and you're a novice every time you finish a book and you have to send right. it out. It is exactly like that. I mean, I guess there's, there's one thing. I mean, I know who I'm going to send it to this time. Okay. We're going to send it to the publisher. And unless I don't like it, I think it's going to come out. So it's another international thriller toward the that uh, is, if you remember my first line in Guatemala, extensively in Central America, uh, my new book to be named later is, the log line is Belman Louise on Camels. Okay. okay? <laughs> we should give right. you, Bellman, Louise it's a on girl's camels. trip in Morocco, basically, that goes, right? Sounds interesting. Well, you'll have to keep me posted with that. Once you get the title, we can talk about that. Thank you um, so much. I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll sell that and you'll be working crazily towards that. And we can talk the marketing thing all over again. And when you come up with new ideas, you can share them. <laughs> By the time this comes out, we'll probably all have new ideas. I hope so many have Linda. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks so much, Bonner Spring, for joining me today. You folks can find her on her website at bonnerspring.com. Again, thank you. And we'll be talking with you again soon. Appreciate it, Linda. Thank you very much. Lovely talking with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.